Yes, as you can see from that video today, we're going to talk about aging superheroes and their search for meaning beyond retirement. <laughs> That's funny stuff. Uh, my name is John, and I'm one of the pastors here, and it's so great uh, to be here uh, on this Sunday morning and uh, just uh, kind of get in from the cold, huh? How about it? We finally got winter. But uh, today, we're not really going to talk about superheroes. We're going to talk about this series that we began a couple weeks ago titled Circles Are Better Than Rows. Now, uh, don't get me wrong, okay? We love rows. All right, we love what happens on Sundays as we gather and we celebrate in rows. I mean, really, there's no place I'd rather be than right here with you as we gather and we celebrate all the good stuff that God is doing, and, and we actually do sit in rows. But I got to tell you, we believe that circles are actually better than rows because there's stuff that happens in a circle that just can't happen in a row. There's stuff that happens in a circle that just can't happen in a row. And, you know, I was even thinking about it in my own life. Some of the most meaningful moments in my life happened in a circle. You know, I think about uh, my family sitting around the kitchen table when I was a kid. And uh, boy, you know, we had some just tremendous conversations after dinner. Uh, Some of the most meaningful moments in in my life as we'd laugh and we'd have fun and we'd talk about, you know, whatever. Maybe it didn't seem that important then, but those were impactful moments. It was a circle. I think about my college days, you know, sitting in a dorm room, uh, dreaming of what it would look like to start a church for people who really didn't like to go to church. It was a circle. And then I think about the life change that I've seen happen in my own small group, my own circle over the past probably 18 months where about six or seven different people over that time frame have decided to follow Jesus and get baptized. It was a circle, not a row. And I think, you know, deep down, you know, I think every one of us know that that true belonging happens in a circle, doesn't it? Heartfelt prayer uh, for one another happens in a circle. You know, genuine care and accountability actually happens in a circle, doesn't it? Yeah, circles are better than than rows. And and the truth is that God's intention has always been for us to experience his blessings in community. You see, we were never meant to live life alone, to follow God by ourselves. Instead, it has always been God's desire and his design for us to experience his blessings in community. Now, we actually see this all the way from the very beginning, back in Genesis chapter 12. And as God formed the first group of people who would be called his people, known as his people, the Israelites, he sets apart a man named Abram and tells him that he's going to bless him and his descendants in a major way. And here's how it reads. The Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your people and your father's household to the land that I will show you, and I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. Now, let's stop right there, okay? Because, you see, God's blessing here is given to a group of people, isn't it? God's blessing is given to a nation that he will create from Abram, or he's also known as Abraham, and his descendants, And this blessing right here wasn't meant for an individual, not for just one person, but for a community of people who would become known as the people of God. And if you fast forward to today, God offers us that same blessing that he promised to Abraham, that he would bless us as the people of God. Now, if you're in a small group, you've probably already experienced some of these blessings. I mean, I've had conversations with a number of you, and you've told me about the the amazing experiences in your small group and how meaningful it has been to you. You've told me about the, the life change that you've experienced, the friendships you've made, the adventures that you've shared together as a small group. And so many of you are already experiencing the blessings of God through your small group. But today I want to focus on a particular challenge or opportunity for our circles, our small groups, for all of us, actually. Because, you see, the people of God aren't 
blessed just to be blessed. Let me say that again, okay? The people of God, we are not blessed just to be blessed. We are blessed to be a blessing. You see, when God said to Abram, when he said, I will bless you, he didn't stop there. He went on to say, you will be a blessing. All people on earth will be blessed through you. So you see, God blesses his people so that they can be a blessing. He doesn't bless us just for our own enjoyment, although he wants us to enjoy the blessings that he brings our way. We are blessed, why? Help me out, so that we can be a Right, yeah. Tell you what, turn to someone near you and look them in the eye and say, you are blessed to be a blessing. Right, you are blessed to be a blessing. And so here's what that means for our circles, our small groups. Our circles, our small groups don't exist just as something for us to consume. Our circles exist to be a conduit of God's blessings to other people. Did you know that? See, our circles, our small groups don't exist just for us to be consumers of God's blessings. They exist to be a conduit of God's blessings to other people. And that's why our groups are not closed. And that's why our groups are always uh, expanding. That's why we always make room for just one more person. But I also know sometimes that's uh, easier said than done, isn't it? Maybe you've experienced it. Sometimes we come to love our group so much that we want to kind of keep it to ourselves. You know, we're afraid that if anything changes, if the circle expands, then, I don't know, somehow like the magic will be lost. You know, we can develop a sort of scarcity mindset, can't we? And we can get it in our head that if we include others, somehow there won't be any left for me, as if somehow God's supply of blessings are limited. But isn't it funny how we don't seem to be that way with other great discoveries? I mean, think about um, restaurants, for example. I mean, if you're from Chicago, I mean, number one topic of conversation you have with almost anybody, anytime, anywhere is restaurants, right? I mean, you find a brand new restaurant, and we can't wait to tell people about it, can we? I mean, I invite them to go with you to that restaurant, right? Am I the only one that does this? I do this all the time, right? You know, you take pictures. If you go there, you put it on Facebook or Instagram. You adjust the filter just so that the entree looks perfect in that photo so people understand just how great that restaurant really was, right? I mean, what if we kind of kept our restaurants to ourselves? I mean, you ever had that conversation where somebody, hey, you know, I found this new restaurant, but don't tell anybody about it. Because if we do, there might have been left food left for us. No, we don't do that, do we? No. Or how about a brand new supermarket? I remember when like Mariano's or Whole Foods first came. I know you got to check out the, the you know, the, this, uh, this supermarket's incredible. I mean, you know, you would not believe how great this, rest, this store is. We can't wait to tell everybody. But sometimes I think when it comes to our small groups, we kind of want to keep it to ourselves, don't we? And here's the thing. You see, every single one of us at one time or another, we were once the outsider who was welcomed into the circle. Every single one of us at one time or another were the outsider, maybe the outsider right now, who has yet to be welcomed into a circle. And yet we still have thoughts, but, you know, thoughts like, well, you know, I, I might not feel comfortable talking if new people join, or, you know, we need, to get time, we need time to get to know the people who are already in our group, or, you know, if we get too many people, we'll have to start a new group, and then, you know, I'll lose my friends. And you know what? Those are valid. Those are valid feelings. And I'm not going to tell you you shouldn't feel that way because, frankly, I've had those feelings myself. I mentioned my small group earlier. You know, our group was so good that lots of people wanted to be included in spite of the leader. It's true. But, you know, that's what happens when something is good, isn't it? Others want to be a part of it. You know, you want to keep your group from expanding? Just make it a really bad experience for everybody. You know, awful snacks, 
you know, tell people the wrong start time, things like that. I have more ideas. See me later if you want to make your group really bad so that nobody wants to be a part of it. But, you know, my group, it it expanded as far as we could. I mean, we literally had no more room in the house, so we had to start a new group. So I left that group, started a new group, and guess what? Yeah, I miss my old group. But you know what? We're not blessed simply to be blessed. We are blessed to be a blessing. And I am confident that God has an unlimited supply of blessings. And, you know, I love what Ian said last week when he asked us this. He said, you know, just think about how different your life could have been if someone had expanded their circle to include you when you were young. Maybe when you were a a little kid or a teen or a young adult. Imagine the difference it could have made for your your dad or, or maybe your mom if someone would have included them, expanded their circle to include them when they were going through a particularly tough time. You see, you can make that difference for someone else when you include them in your circle. Well, I want to tell you one more story to illustrate what I'm talking about. And this is a story about a guy from the New Testament who was challenged to expand his circle. Uh, Peter was one of the 12 in Jesus' inner circle, his apostles. Now, imagine if that circle never expanded. Heaven would be a very lonely place, wouldn't it? (laughs) But after Jesus dies, he comes back to life and returns to the Father. The Holy Spirit, all right, comes to life inside of Peter and the others in the group of 12. Thousands of people find their way back to God. It's the beginning of the church, the new people of God, and the story of Jesus and the life that he offers. I mean, he begins to spread like crazy. I mean, people want to be a part of it. But there's something important to understand about Peter and his circle of friends. Because up until this point, the new people of God, okay, all came from the old people of God. Meaning that these new Christ followers, all right, were all descendants of Abraham. They were all Israelites. Well, one day Peter is on uh, the roof spending some time with God in prayer when God gives him a vision. Okay, he's on this roof of a home where he's staying. God gives him this vision. He sees this sheet coming down from heaven. And this sheet is filled with all sorts of animals that a law-abiding Jewish person would have nothing to do with. They were considered untouchable. You see, unlike Gentiles in that day, Jewish people were not allowed to have anything to do with certain kinds of foods. And then Peter hears a voice telling him that these foods are no longer unclean. Now they are okay. The voice even tells him to eat these foods. Now, first, Peter cannot believe what he's hearing, what the voice is saying. But then the voice from heaven says this to him. It says, do not call anything impure that God has made clean. And so three times Peter sees this vision. Three times he hears from God, and he's left to ponder what this means. But while he's lost in thought, three men come knocking at his door. And they say to Peter, Peter, we've been uh, sent by Cornelius, a Roman centurion. And this centurion had a vision that he was supposed to send for you so that he and his family could hear what you have to say to them. Okay, so Peter has a vision. The centurion has a vision. They seem to be kind of lining up. It seems like maybe God's trying to do something here. What do you think? Now, you might think, well, of course, Peter's going to go and he's going to talk to them. He's all about helping people find their way back to God. He's all about expanding his circle, right? But Peter had all sorts of reasons for hesitation. I mean, for one, Cornelius, this person he was supposed to go see and his family was not an Israelite. He'd never been part of the people of God's circle before. Secondly, he was Roman. He was a part of the occupying army that was oppressing Peter's very own people. 
Thirdly, okay, perhaps Peter's greatest hesitation was that for centuries, any contact with Gentiles was strictly prohibited by Jewish law. Yet in spite of these hesitations, because of this vision from God, Peter goes with them and he enters Cornelius' house and here's what he says to them. He says to them, you are well aware that it is against our law for a Jewish person to associate or visit with the Gentile. But God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without raising any objection. Now, what I love about this story is, you see, Peter would not let anything keep him from expanding his circle. Peter would not let anything keep him from expanding his circle. Nothing. So let me ask you. Let me ask you. What's keeping you from expanding your circle? What's keeping you from expanding your circle? Because you see, when we expand our circle, we're not only helping someone find a group of friends who can get them through whatever life brings their way, we are giving someone the chance to meet Jesus. And then through him, discover a love they won't find anywhere else. I hope that will get them through life's most difficult circumstances and a purpose that will bring new and profound meaning to their life. How timely I think this story is for this weekend when we you know, celebrate the life of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And of course, Dr. King's the dream was a society where every circle would be open to every person where each person would not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I mean, Dr. King's vision was one where all of God's children would be able to, you know, join together and and hand in hand, live together in circles of freedom and justice, right? And you see, Dr. King's dream is, is God's dream, and it was also the vision for inclusiveness that God gave to Peter and that God gives to us. And yeah, I don't know about you, but man, right now, doesn't it seem like more than maybe ever before, our world is, is full of people joining hands, but instead of forming circles, they're, they're building walls, right? And too often they exclude people from different races or political parties or economic groups. But you see, we have the opportunity, folks, we have the opportunity to be the people of God as the people of God were meant to be, blessed to be a blessing and welcoming all people into our circles, Cornelius, the man that Peter went to, he and his household, they all found their way back to God. They chose to follow Jesus. They were baptized. They were the first non-Jewish people to become a part of the new people of God. And you can make a case that if Peter hadn't crossed that racial barrier and expanded his circle, none of us, anyone in this room who is not Jewish, might have ever had the opportunity to find our way back to God. You see, as followers of Jesus, we are blessed to be a blessing. And we're called to expand our circle so that more and more people can find their way back to God. And so let me ask you, who who is God asking you to bless? Who's God asking you to bless? Who's the person or group of people that you will invite to join your circle? Maybe even to be a part of your small group. And maybe it's a person or group of people who are not like you. As a matter of fact, if you ask your group, they might like you to bring some people that aren't like you. But, you know, here at Community, we have uh, encouraged everyone to engage in five practices that can help us be a blessing. And because we are creatively brilliant, these practices form an acrostic that spell the word bless. 
tell you what, say that after me, okay? Bless. One more time, bless. Right. I want to walk through these because I think these are some of the most practical, helpful ways that we can be a blessing and we can expand our circles. And the B stands for begin with prayer. What does the B stand for? That's right. And it was during Peter's daily time of prayer. Did you catch that? What did Peter do? He began with prayer, didn't he? Yeah, it was during his daily time of prayer that he received this vision from God. And see, we too got to begin with prayer, asking God to help us and lead us in expanding our circles. I can tell you, here's what, it, here's what it looks like for me, you know, in, in my, my daily time, at least when I'm on my, my, my game, I try to have a daily time of prayer and, and kind of journaling, and I, I actually type mine out on my laptop, that's kind of, I can be, keep track of it best, but I'll actually type the word bless, B-L-E-S-S, and then below it, I'll begin to type in the names of the people that I feel like God is wanting me to expand my circle to, and so right now on that list, there's names like Dave and Anna and Tim and Jackie and Steve and Doug, and they're on my list, and that's how I begin with prayer, saying, God, how can I bless those people? What would it look like? We begin with prayer. The L then is for listen. Listen. I mean, can you imagine, just imagine, imagine the ground that we could gain in breaking down walls that divide us if we could just get better at listening. I mean, just think about the change that we could see in our world if instead of, you know, vocalizing our differences on Facebook or Twitter or your, you know, social media of choice, we would just listen, right? I mean, listen to people's struggles, listen to their hardships, their dreams, their desires for the future. God, help us to get better at listening, huh? So we begin with prayer, we listen, and then E stands for what? Help me out. That's right. I'm well-versed in this practice. Anybody else? Yeah, my personal favorite. But see, I believe sharing a meal and asking Jesus to be present, that's like the secret recipe for experiencing community. I mean, Jesus shared meals with people all the time. I mean, eating, eating with someone, it's almost like putting salt on food. I mean, it brings, you know, flavor to that relationship, doesn't it? I mean, you're, you're helping that, that, that friendship to taste even better. I mean, we know that something special happens when we share a meal. Expand your circle by sharing a meal. And then that first S is for serve. And so you see, as you pray, as you listen, as you eat together, share meals with those outside your circle, I think it's going to become apparent how you can serve how you can serve that person or those people. I, I don't know what it might be for you. It might be someone who's adjusting to living in a brand new area and, and they just need some friends. Welcome them to your circle of friends. It could be someone who's you know, in a tight spot financially. You know, join together as a small group to help meet that need. It could be a, a mom or a dad who is struggling as a new parent. I mean, connect that mom or dad with other parents. And then finally, the last S, which stands for story. And see, I think when the time is right, and I think it's going to be apparent, usually someone will ask, you'll have the opportunity to tell your story of how you found your way back to God. And when you do, all right, be real about it. Talk about your struggles. Talk about your doubts, the doubts that you continue to have, the difficulties that you've faced. Share how your circle, your small group has helped you along that path. Who is God calling you to bless? How is God asking you to expand your circle? Because don't miss this, folks. Okay? There is no greater blessing we can give to someone than to help them find their way back to God. And there's no better place for someone to find their way back to God than within the context of a circle or a small group. No greater blessing. You know, it was almost 70 years ago uh, when a carpenter and his wife were married in a tiny little town in northeast Missouri. 
And two years later, they were blessed with a son, their firstborn. And this couple, you know, they had their ups and downs, uh, health challenges, loss of employment, financial struggles. Uh, they went on to have four more children. She actually had her youngest when she was, or her oldest when she was 17. She had her youngest when she was 42. 25-year span. <laughs> but when their youngest at the time was in grade school, a neighborhood kid invited him to church. And it was a simple invitation to go to Sunday school. 1940s version of a kid's city small group. No big drama, no amazing story of you know, helping someone in dire need. It was just a simple invite to expand the circle, to come to Sunday school, a small group for kids. And you know what? That little guy said, yeah, I'd like to come. Not only did the youngest say yes to the invitation, the whole family eventually said yes, including mom and dad. And that's where they, for the very first time, heard the story of Jesus' love for them. And they all chose to follow Jesus, and eventually they were all baptized together. And, you know, they were just common, ordinary people who had plenty of problems, but they were welcomed into a circle. And that mom and dad were my grandparents. And that firstborn was my dad. A simple decision by a little guy to expand his circle, to bless someone. Yet how different my life would have been had he chose not to do that. So in the same way that Peter invited Cornelius, and in the same way that little guy invited my dad and his family, I have two invitations for you today as I wrap this up. And the first one is about expanding the small group circle. And let me just tell you, folks, if you're not in a small group, join one. Get connected with them. We would love to help you figure that out. And if you are in a small group, I invite you to bless someone by including them in your circle because there's stuff that happens in circles that just does not happen in rows. And then the second invitation is this. And this points to next Sunday. I know there's a... a a percentage of folks in this room have yet to be baptized. And so I'm extending the invitation to you right now. If you have yet to go public with your decision to follow Jesus, you can do that next Sunday. We already have dozens of people that are planning to do that. You can be a part of that circle of people. We're going to choose to follow Jesus. It's a decision you will never, ever regret. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. All right? Okay, let's pray. Father God, God, we are thankful for your blessings. God, we recognize that that we're not blessed just to enjoy the blessing, although you want us to enjoy the blessing. But God, we are blessed to be a blessing. So God, help us to expand our circles to the people that you put in our path. God, perhaps people that are not like us, people that maybe even make us uncomfortable. But God, help us to be the people of God like Peter was the people of God to Cornelius and he crossed that barrier to welcome him into the circle. And God, the impact that made for generations is profound. And so God, we just ask for your help to help us to be the people of God as the people of God were meant to be welcoming and including others in our circle, in your circle. We pray this in your name.